0: Welcome.
1: Did you just hit,
0: hit, hit Welcome.
1: Hit, hit. That's new. Wait,
0: wait. You know what we haven't done? We welcome you once. We welcome you, you twice. twice. We welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome yes. to Sunday night yes. service, Pastor Jeff. Man, you hit your leg. You no, I,
1: I thought you was gonna break them little twigs. <laughs> <laughs> scared. Let so going to have to take
0: you to the hospital. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. How y'all
1: doing out there? How's everybody doing? Elder Carter, my boss is on. I, I got to yeah, behave. The boss lady is on. I got to behave. The boss behave. lady
0: is there. Hey, good evening. How's everyone doing? It's good to see you all. Like, share, tag somebody. Tell them to join us. It's going to be a show of all shows tonight. Yes, sir. It's Black History Month, Pastor Jeff.
1: Man, I wore my kente cloth today. You it's know Black man? History Month. And I was ready to you, go. You had, you had the kente on? I was ready to go. I had to tie, the square, the, the mask, everything. Now,
0: I wanted to, and I, I we'll jump to the our opening. I wanted to, and I didn't do it in enough time. I wanted to buy an old school Baptist robe with the... Oh man, you should have asked me. Oh, I got process. one at the house that I just won't wear. You got one at the house? Yeah. I, I, come I, up to like my
1: what is No, like, no, it's actually too big. I was, too big, to get, big yeah, I was supposed to get it is it, just, is it. is it like big, big or long, big? Is long and
0: big. Oh, well, uh, you know it's gonna be too big. Yeah, I mean I just I, I can't do it. I, I want to get do one of those joints. I mean, the real with the cross on both sides. Mm, that, that, that's exactly yet. what it is. I haven't earned my bars yet, but yeah. I still just get the basic joint. But mm. but I didn't get it. But I think one year I wanna I just wanna get one because I think that honors our heritage. I just, I just wanna be that that old Baptist preacher. And just get to just get to in my wagon. I mean, with the with the cuffs, cuffs and, the, and yeah. then big arms. Yeah, and, the big, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not official, you know, because we came up with them with them cassocks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, you know the straight, straight roll. Yeah, and good
1: for with the, skin, the pleats in the back. The pleats and, and, pleats and, yeah, and yeah. Arm,
0: Some of y'all be having the tassels. And <laughs> <laughs> Jeff got little feather dusters on, uh, on the sides. The cape, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the infamous cape. <laughs> Jeff- I got a picture of that infamous cape. Jeff came <laughs> out there looking like Superman got beat up on his way to church.
1: Lex Luthor <laughs> won that fight. His cape was halfway off his back. But it no, no, it was. It started it, off right. It started off right. Then I got to preach. And then it and went off to the side. And I,
0: could, I kept on trying to I I yeah, get it. You know what? Funny. I'm gone.
1: I'm in, I'm in the middle of this hoop. I'm, I'm about
0: to roll. Yeah. Hoop, hoop that cape off. <laughs> well, you know, we've only been the Black History Month for five, six days now. And Whoopi Goldberg already got fired <laughs> from the view. What is this all about?
1: I mean, you know, she she made
0: the comment. She um, made the comment. Um, and I boy. mean We better not make the comment, or oh, our show would be off the air. We can make any comment we okay, want. Okay,
1: all right. We could we we
0: are Todd and Jeff. Are we? <laughs> we are <laughs> pastors of porn Ohio. We are pastors <laughs> of Whoopi ain't got nothing on us. But I mean, she started a firestorm and you know, I tried to explain to some of our black and, you know, what's funny. We're seeing again, and we got to do a show about this, Pastor Jeff, the hostility between blacks and Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. But I, I mean, I see it. But some of it's, I think, jealousy because you have two oppressed people and one seems to be doing very well. And right, the other always right. comparing mm-hmm. themselves. But the idea of the race and religion being intertwined and whether it's a made up construct, what it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is if you say certain things about certain people, groups, and we know, because we'll cancel somebody in a second. Absolutely. Like your boy, Joe Rogan. Rogan and Whoopi. Rogan and Whoopi. Rogan and and Whoopi. And I I have to put a
1: disclaimer here, and I really do. I got to put a disclaimer here. Go ahead, Pastor. Some of the responsibility has to fall on the viewership. If you're going to get your news source from Joe Rogan, you're going to believe everything he this said is the without of, fact checking.
0: This is the nature. There has
1: to be some responsibility
0: Jeff, on you as Jeff, a. We're pastors.
2: <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> we're pastors. Do
0: your members fact check? Because. I've heard a few. <laughs> I've heard a few of my sermons people shouldn't have listened to. I have heard some of the things I preached that somebody should have walked up and cut my mic off. And you know what they did? Uh, all right, now you amen. That stuff. amen. "No, I'm not." I, I listen to my old tapes like I need to cancel myself. Man. But but Joe Rogan, so his issue is misinformation about COVID and having doctors and people on. One was canceled from Twitter, was removed from Twitter a doctor, and Joe Rogan right. had him on the show. But but here's the issue with Joe Rogan. Spotify has made him their <laughs> own product. I'm sorry, Pastor Taylor. <laughs> you <laughs> wait for the fact that Jesus will return first. <laughs> Come now, Lord Jesus. You're right. You're right. The saints do not fact check. And misinformation is a big issue in the church. It really is. Black it really, and white. Especially
1: now with this this era of of technology, and you can go look up everything. And you know, you got, you got Twitter preachers, yeah. you got TikTok
0: preachers, the conservatives listen to everything. You got everything. Facebook preachers. The conservatives and the evangelicals listen to everything Trump says, mm-hmm. uh, the black folk listen to everything Dr. Sebi uh, or. Uh, or Doctor Umar Johnson says. So we all have our people, but Joe Rogan. Let's see. So you're what, about to get canceled for saying right. Doctor Umar Johnson. But but what, what what is the? You're right. What's the responsibility on the? Do they are they capable? They're
1: capable. They they're, they're lazy. I'm gonna just say it's laziness. So, not, so if they're
0: not capable, then is the platform culpable? If the people aren't capable, and it's been proven, and People have brought a distinction because Donald Trump, we all know, was removed from Twitter and Facebook and all that. Now, he was just another user of their platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Spotify paid Joe Rogan $100 million. And I'm asking myself, somebody made the decision. Somebody watched his YouTube videos. Somebody saw him say all the stuff he was saying, and we just found out in the last 24, 48 hours that he has a special affinity for the N-word, and they decided he was worth the risk of $100 million, and that somebody said, I think that's the part you can't look at, You, you can't deny. Somebody at Spotify, knowing that they were a major platform with millions of listeners that want even millions more to join their platform, decided that that was worth it. Somebody decided that was worth it. it, it
1: so have have they, because I, I haven't looked in the cut, have they actually canceled him? Have no, they took him off? No, so it won't be. And, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When are, and I, I know it messes with everybody else's money, but when are some of these younger stars saying, you know what, I'm going to pull my music. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when... Not. Right. And some that's the might problem. agree with them. He's, right, well a lot of them might agree. Well, Why I'm talking about cat- those who don't though. Those 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 hey, who, listening to those you know, N-words, don't those, those N-words that that he's calling N-words. Let's say you know what I'm saying? Because let's be honest, if you if you are a TikTok fan, every major hit, every is an N-word. Dog, no, every dance is an N-word song. Correct? So, if they start pulling their stuff You're messing with your met that hundred million dollars. They're going to mess with some money. I understand. We we, we, we can't come together for that, though. We won't come together.
0: All right. You're right. You're right. We won't come together to to fight for what we feel is appropriate. But the fact of the matter is we have to hold Joe responsible and we have to hold ourselves responsible. But here's the other side podcast where he started. Mm -hmm. where we are. Right. Used to be a space where only a select group of people would really engage. Right. Podcasts are officially mainstream media now. Absolutely. Jeff, we are mainstream. Mainstream. CNN, Fox News, religiously incorrect. incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) We're all in the same boat. We're mainstream. So a lot of that stuff was said when he was just doing a YouTube show that grew and grew and grew and grew Mm -hmm. and grew. and grew. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, number one, Dave Chappelle was right. Cancel culture is going to fall on its face. It's going to fall with on that. its face. I definitely agree with that. But on the other end, whether it's Whoopi Goldberg with an opinion about Jews, that is historically erroneous in a way. And I, I get the perspective, so y'all can argue about Jews, race, and religion. And in Joe Rogan using the N word, usually in an anecdotal or informational manner, are we becoming too sensitive overall that we just would cancel everybody all the time if that was the case because we, we would be are. canceled because we actually had an episode about the n-word ourselves absolutely and, uh i think we need to delete that episode now <laughs> we might need to delete that so but i'm saying they, they deleted 80 episodes already wow but he's not gonna be canceled big well, mike wants to, i know big mike Big go ahead and throw the last word in big mike
2: um i just wanted to add you know being a listener and, uh, and he loves
0: Joe Rogan. I mean, he, he, loves him. Yeah, he, he, he sends him ties him. and offering.
2: <laughs> he goes to the church of Joe Rogan. he got a T-shirt. <laughs> no, see, the, the, the thing that I like about the Joe Rogan show is that he has everybody on, not just people who agree with him and not just people who everybody agrees with. Um, if there's somebody that has a different opinion, he'll bring them on and listen to their opinion and debate without arguing. Um, like, you know, your CNN, your Fox news, they'll have people with opposite views on there just to fight with them and just to make them look bad where Joe kind of has everybody on. Now, the thing that I didn't like about Joe was that depends on who he has on. He kind of leans to their point of view Sometimes, sometimes, Okay, not all the time. All right. Um, now, as far as the whole N word situation, I did hear him say it once. He was talking about a red Fox comedy special Uh and the comedy special was called nigger please okay so he said
0: the word and our parents didn't have a problem with that back in the day that was red fox if you if you signed up you knew what you was getting
2: right right Right. okay um do i think he's racist I, i don't think he's racist i think he's a 50 year old white guy from boston and
0: that means he's <laughs> that's I me. Mean, Just
3: racist.
0: You're pretty much automatically racist if you're That's that's
1: dictionary. Uh, uh, that's, that's like
0: in the t- Webster. That's
2: textbook racism. I mean, Have you been to know, Boston Red Sox game? Mark Wahlberg. Same thing. They caught him saying it once. Yeah, uh, you because I mean. I mean I, I, who else in boston did they catch saying it (laughs) i don't think they're racist Larry bird (laughs) (laughs) too whatever (laughs) all right y'all before before because
1: there's one thing that i did that i did appreciate you know after Whoopi got suspended the next day they brought on a psychologist or whatever to talk they did not participate and put her down so if anything ever happens to me you know what I mean? Or you. when We, we come back. When, if I come back or you come back, don't put me down. I'm you know, dog don't, don't
0: dog me out. I'm going
1: dog you know? out. Let I'm it be. Let, 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 let me live my be like, Welcome life. to the Todd Johnson Show.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, God bless y'all. All right. Y'all know what time it is. We do it every week. Go ahead, Mike. We know what time it is. We're
2: right
0: here? Cause It's meme of the week. Meme of the week. Welcome to Religiously Incorrect, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Meme of the week.
0: Yeah. thank you send us your memes of the week
1: these are all jokes we are just playing
0: okay can we get some black dancers for the meme of the week for black history month can we get some black dancers okay here's the meme of the week how old women stare at the preacher before they start shouting I know that pose. I know it well. You know that pose? I know it well. The hand on the hip? Mm-hmm. The serious look? Serious look. He ain't about to go there. He and my key. Well. He and my key. Well. If he holler one more time, and then, you know, because now we're Baptist, so they have Baptist fits. Oh, yeah. Baptist they fit. have Baptist fits. That means they just fall out over the pew and start flailing, and, and they, they back their backbone fall out. And it's the backbone <laughs> fall out. The, the backbone fall out, and you gotta you gotta keep them anchors down, real real strong in the flow. And and then the people run over and start fanning them and stuff. But I I love, I love that look. I love that, it. That you doing something. They about to grab the back of the pew, and they just they about to get to it. Now you know old. It's not just put it back up, Mike. It's not just old mothers. I got a deacon with that pose too. Oh, so it's all about <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He did it to me today. Oh
1: yeah. He oh said, yeah.
0: He said, "Oh no." <laughs> he said, "Oh no! You go ahead, Pastor. People want you to wrap it up, and they egging you on. Uh-huh. They, they they egging you on. They want you to keep preach, 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 Pastor. Yes. Now, 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 Spike Lee is basically turning into an old church mother. He's like the church Out mother of the New Knicks. York game. Yeah, he's the, he's <laughs> the church <laughs> mother of the of, of the Knicks. Uh, he, he is. He is. But but yeah. I'm telling y'all, it's 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 a blessing." Mothers, you know with the dear sainted late mother heron mothers wow. will push a preacher they will they definitely mothers will. if you all my young preachers out there, if you want to get to that next level, find you a good church mother good that church will push mother. you I mean you might be even preaching garbage to be honest, but they will still love you they will love listen I had one mother
1: tell me one day. Pastor, you sang today. I'm like, uh, no, no, no. no we know now. Jeff ain't come sang. Come on now. No, we
0: know that's I, a Oh, I, I
1: was singing. I you was you sang. were singing? I was singing. There, there are times I, you know, when the anointing is high,
0: when the anointing. He only sounds like three dead cats instead of seven <laughs> when the anointing is high. All right, y'all. I want to thank our sponsors. We got our guests ready to come. Our sponsors, uh, Phillips Care Cleaning Service, residential and commercial cleaning. They are a Black-owned business and it is Black History Mom. So check out Fernando at 330-219-7916. They do it all. Carpet cleaning, basic cleaning, deep cleaning, upholstery cleaning, wood floor cleaning, move in, move out, maintenance all around your house or business, serving Trumbull, Mahoning and surrounding areas. They will come to where you are and why you're at it. Take care of the outdoors as well. They do not only lawn care services, grass, gra- uh, leaf removal, they do snow uh, removal. They, they've they been all out. They, they, they just, they, they they just do everything. <laughs> they just do everything. Phillips Care saved Warren. <laughs> they, they're the, they are the uh, plow that rescued Warren this year. And so check out Phillips Care LLC on Facebook. Call my man Fernando, my brother from another mother, 330-219-7916. And we thank them for being a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect. And you too can be a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect. Just send us an email to our inbox on Facebook or Instagram Or email us at religiouslyincorrectpodcast at gmail.com. That's religiouslyincorrectpodcast at gmail.com. Now, our guest, what did the preacher say? The hour is far spent. But our (laughs) guest tonight is one of the premier voices of an Episcopal generation. I mean, out of the princes of the church, those brothers uh, and those sisters who have served the Lord's church in leadership in dignity and holiness. Uh, This brother is one of God's best. I've met him, talked with him, shared with him. Uh, He has shown such love and kindness to me. He has played an instrumental role for many years, particularly in the Black movement of bishops and apostles and those individuals who are moving forward in leadership of the church. And since it's Black History Month, Nothing like talking about black leadership in amen, the church, amen. especially our episcopal leadership. And those that don't know what episcopal means, it means the government of the church, the order, the hierarchy, the leadership of the church. And I want you to welcome with me the good doctor and bishop H. Eugene Bellinger. Give it up for Doctor H. Eugene Bellinger. God bless you, my good friend. God
3: bless you. My joy to be with the two of y'all. It is so much. Fun. I can watch you two all night.
0: We didn't run them off Have a good night's
3: rest Yes sir, yes
0: sir Well thank you for being with us tonight Bishop and we have so much ground to cover And only a little bit of time to cover it in But first just tell us the quick and dirty the, The quick version of your bio Where you come from How long you've been serving in the church And when you were consecrated yourself As a bishop in the church
3: I'm a little country boy from North Carolina Went to Newark, New Jersey To hang out by clothes got saved, got in the church, and uh, enjoyed being in church, uh, worked in the church, became president of our youth congress for the Mount Sinai, Holy Church of America, a historical black organization founded by a woman. Uh, hmm. And so I was glad to be part of, it, became a bishop in 1993. Uh, got married, moved here because my wife uh, went to North Carolina Central University and they would bring a lot of HBCU students at Ohio State. And so we moved here. Uh, consequently, when I got here, I started working at Ohio State University with the Office of Minority Affairs. Started a campus church, some of the best musicians, oh God, uh, Near Allen, uh, her father, Bobby Floyd, all those guys played for us. And we uh-huh. created, created a great choir. And so one of the things that Ohio State University, being this land great institution, thought they were the greatest thing on this side of coffee but they had no dealing with the African-American community. So I bridged that gap. Mm-hmm. I became the advisor for the whole black Greek council, which was a no-no in the Pentecostal church. Wow,
0: <laughs> wow, I believe it.
3: So uh that, so I'm in the city of Columbus, I pastor a church, uh, but I love God, I love God's people. I got a wonderful wife, got two wonderful daughters, uh, wonderful son-in-laws. So I love what mm-hmm. I do, uh, I'm a specialist, and dealing with clinical mental health in the black church for pastors and uh, religious leaders. And so uh, that's a piece of it right there. So yo, you grab hold that, become like an octopus, and then pull it out of me, okay?
0: Yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. So well, one of our commenters has already beat me to my first question and I gave a quick, just little idea of it, but Charlene Allen, who's like my, one of my second mamas, uh, and she just loves Bishop down there, Uh, What does Episcopal mean and why is the word being used so much these days in the the church? Uh,
3: Well, you explained it. It is the government of the church. It is uh, the organization and the organization of the church. Where it got misconstrued, misused, because we saw so much of in Catholicism in the Anglican church, which is nothing wrong. So when the black church started incorporating, they were saying we're trying to be like, the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church, and I really don't have all night. But the Catholic Church and the Anglican Church is like the Black Catholic Church out of Northern Africa, where I let about rest that case and ride that pony for a while. But it really did bring you know, <laughs> a sense of dignity and, and, and uh, sacredness and liturgy to the church, which we were uh, part of it. Because even in Africa, we had a sense of liturgy, a sense of mm. sacred worship, a sense of uh, honoring God. I say this and I'm moving ahead of myself. What Rome and Anglican did and Anglican church, they went to, and this is not a slant, they went to Africa, took a Walmart suit and turned it to a take a little in East St. Laurent. They took mm-hmm. 300, they took a 303 thread count sheet from there and brought it back up to Rome to Europe and made it a 303 thread sheet. And if you know the difference, if you sleep on 303 thread count, it ain't nothing. listen. It ain't nothing like a 3,003 account. So all they did, it took what was there, just magnified it because they had the money.
0: Right. Wow. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. wow. Well, I'm going to jump right into it because we, we, we seem to have uh, a vast amount of people coveting these titles. Mm. And is it, is it a title to be coveted or, you know, and is it a title to even be played around with Uh, You know, these we have bishops who went to elementary school now and I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how they got there. You know, how does that?
0: Junior bishops, junior, ju- toddler, toddler bishops.
1: <laughs> you know, what What do you say to these, these people who have somehow found, you know, even, I mean, let's just be honest. Sometimes we use it plain and I don't even think, you know, we, Hey, Bishop what's going on, you know, right. we, and I think, you know, that title has become so nonchalant.
3: Well, I think first of all, what we probably need to understand is that there have always been bishops and apostles in the black church. I came into church in the late 60s. And so between the late 60s and the 70s, early part 80s, we always had bishops. We always had apostles. We had prophets. I was raised up in the era around uh, the uh, FD Washington, uh, Tua Skinners, uh, 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 Bishop Clark, and all the guys on the East Coast like I do. And so, uh, what's his name? Uh, Prophet Brian Mosley. They were, they were, uh, Rob Brown or Hugh Rogers. We were raised around that. So it was nothing new, nothing Mm. new. But there was respect and uh, uh, honor because of position. They never flaunted it. They never broadcast it. They never became the pageantry as we see it today. So as time went by, Bishop J. Delaney Ellis felt a need to let's bring some pageantry to the African-American Pentecostal church. And so in 19, in early 1900, that was his desire to bring some sense of liturgy and sacrament to, to the church. Because let's remember if we go past Rome, go past England and go to Africa, they had a liturgy of their own. Right. It may not look like what we see today, but it was a liturgy. It was a, way they worship god way they praise god and so what we have now is that it becomes so fashion oriented and fashion conscious that everybody wants to dress up but nobody want to go down in the ditch where this with the sinner and the person who's hurting mm-hmm. I close and, and I and I teach a lesson for Bishop Lafayette Scale called the theology of stained garments. If the garment mm-hmm. Represent wow. the salvation of God and the promises of God and the redemption of Jesus Christ. Why we why we don't allow people to hug us? Jesus' garments had blood mm-hmm. and stain and splinters from
2: the cross, so we wear them like we some fashion queens and kings. Our
3: garments ought to represent humility. Ought to represent yes. love. And we should we should allow people to hug us. Now let me throw this in right into my mind. There are some places you cannot wear a mitre and a coat. And the chasm, especially down south, because it's a sociological dysfunction in the attitude of blacks. It reminds them of the Ku Klux Klan. So we got to be careful what we wear, how we wear. Part of my study is sociological dysfunction and what we do in the church that has caused so much harm. And I think the spe- I mean, I want to be careful because I train leaders. I got five doctoral fellows that i got going to train in the next 10 months. But we we made this a fashion show where we where we separate the high and the low, and that's not the way Jesus intended it to be.
0: Wow. wow. I appreciate that because I think that's the criticism that those in the church and outside the church they just see the pomp and they they see that people are rushing to wear that and feel untouchable. And I'm glad you said that, that those garments are to represent the servanthood and the savior. And I have known people who personally have worn those garments yet still lived in their humanity and were approachable and accessible. And then we've seen others who they got more bodyguards than Beyonce, you know, and they are, they are untouchable. And sometimes I wonder how that affects the black psyche because we do have this, uh, yeah, turn it down just a little bit. We do have this, this this balance between the shame of being undignified and then a bit of the stain of being too high. And I think Black people are always searching for that middle ground because we were always looked at as lower than in our faith. And, you know, then there was, you know, I, I serve a church, quite frankly, that went through a season of, at one time they were getting happy every Sunday. I'm talking, you're talking about 40s and 50s. And then they got a little more dignified and and somebody might even say uppity, you know, and that's not a fair It's not fair to say that, but maybe we just come into a different grace in a different place. But then we kind of feel the need to bring that back down, Mm -hmm. you know, because it goes too far in one direction. So do you feel that as Bishop Ellis was expressing, uh, he saw the church and I know he worked through Bishop J.O. Patterson and different ones who are coming along and beginning to wear the garments. Did you see that as a response to sort of the guttural black church, like trying to come out of that and maybe even the disorder of the black church because there was a lot of disorder and
3: not much function and formality. What did you think? It could have been a mixture of both. I think he wanted to bring a sense of dignity to what we do, not that there was something wrong with it uh, because things must change. I think he wanted to bring a sense of order to our worship service without destroying the intimacy of who we are, without destroying the heritage of who we are. But I think that some has taken it to the level that, it, it, to wear this, you are superior, to wear this, that you have arrived, to where you put down the church. Now, personally, what you see me in, I love sweaters. I love jeans, hmm. uh, I love jackets. I mean, I have so much of that that I don't even wear. But I think what Bishop Ellis wanted to do it bring a sense of elegance to who we wear. Everything's upgraded. But I, I seriously don't think it was a body slam against the African American Church of African American Pentecostal. Let's remember the Amy Zion Church were doing this long before we were.
0: Wow! Yes,
3: and and, and the Black Methodist Church had some sense of order. But I think he wanted to help us have some pageantry, even when people are ordained and consecrated, and get. But I think some has taken it too far. But I think his intent was to bring a sense of. Uh, liturgy, humility, and beauty to what we do. Wow! So, go ahead, Ben. Right.
1: I was, uh, you know, well, Mike just threw something in. I, we we really got to get to that point. Is it is it difficult when you see so many um, so many young individuals putting on the collar? So many people who uh, may have went to you know.
0: Just unproven.
1: Just unproven. Or ABC school, you know, people literally have, you know, get doctorates in six months. And I'm not downing anybody. This is not my, our our goal is to down anybody. But I'm just being honest. People getting doctorate degrees. you talking
0: about Facebook bishops. Facebook bishops. Internet. Internet. Yes. Yes. Can I get a certificate online? I mean, do you know the website? I can get my (laughs) my (laughs) consecration.
3: Well, well. When the joint college started, it started out as a training institution, three years, two to three years. It's, that's how it started. The joint college out to bring what well, we gathered three days to learn. No one was really teaching it, and so we brought mm-hmm. some top scholars. You know, Bishop Clark was there, or John Kennedy was there. You name know, James Alexander Ford. He brought brought in the brightest but to, to teach us about what it was all about. And I think that um, what has happened is that. Uh, this generation, let me be careful, because this generation is falling in love with me and I'm working with, but I, <laughs> uh, some of them have taken this, trying to be like this, you're Ellis, but don't understand the struggle or what it is. So part of yeah. my job during this season is to help bridge this gap and say, it is not what you think what it is, because after you take those garments off, you got to get down to work. And I, come I think on, come we on. made it more fashionable. Uh, one of my case studies, let me tell you what my case studies, one of my case studies is what do, what, what does, what do bishops really look like? You've you been to a ceremony where they go up the aisle, go to the pulpit, and the crowd on the side is cheering them. My research is to understand what is going through people's mind. What we remind people of is Jebo and Boo Boo and uh, uh, Frankie and Wee who got out of the hood. We them mm-hmm. them now Bobo Weary is the pimp riding on the on the uh, Cadillac. Uh, uh, wow. Riding in Mercedes up that aisle going to the pulpit where the people on the side would never be. They're glad that Bobo got there. But the same people that gave help us about garments, put us in that Maybach, get up in the pulpit like a condominium, got to catch a bus and go home. Wow. To celebrate. So the whole thing is, we sit that we they are celebrating, but they're frustrated because they can never be there. And sometimes, what we do, even as bishops, what we wear is frustrating people because they want what we got, but they know they will never get there. Because we don't we, see it's not even about us touching the hem of Jesus' garment, we won't let them touch our hands. But we have to be better wow. citizens, better Christians
2: about wow. it.
3: And what I love it. We still got to be human enough to bring, no matter who it is, close to us. I said to my church one time, and you probably didn't, you asked a lot. I said, if somebody came to the church, I said to a group of bishops, five feet of snow, mother coming off the street, kids don't have any clothes, don't have any socks, what would you do? Because they them. I said, what I would do is take my ball, cut it up. Take Mm. my robe and cut out and make shoes and take that chasm or that coat and just wrap it around on children. They said, man, that's sacrilegious. I said, no, that's what God wants us to do. Our garments are supposed to say healing. Our garments are supposed to say love. Our garments are supposed to provoke the kindness of God. Our garments invite people to come, you know, touching the Him and his garment, you know? And so we must do better. I think we're doing better. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing now to make sure we bring back a sense of dignity and sacredness, what I believe Bishop Ellis really wanted us to be like.
0: Wow. 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 That's insightful. That was that's so insightful. Powerful. We appreciate you. That's, that's so why we brought you on right, here. Right, you know what right. you're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. Now we, we, we look at the 5 gifts. We look at the ministry offices of the church. We're pretty clear on teacher and pastor and evangelist, but the two titles that get everybody in mm-hmm. uproar. uproar and even confusion, is bishop and apostle. And I've watched, I watched a whole thread, Facebook, of two people arguing about who outranks who. Mm -hmm. The apostle is over the bishop, or the bishop's over the apostle. And people don't know if there even is that form of hierarchy, or if they are working beside each other. And then why are people so eager, garments aside, to have those titles and to be someone's apostle or bishop. Can you explain the relationship between the roles of bishop and apostle, whether you respect those roles biblically or not? Uh, Like where do those really fly?
3: Okay, so, how do I do this? I don't have an argument with either one. They both have their place. They both have their respected place. And and that is part of my problem with the black church. We argue about superiority. The apostles Mm -hmm. were here first. The bishop was here. We're too busy trying to be like Rome. And so it becomes from, excuse the word, ignorant Negroes who have not studied the Bible. Tell them. Who who don't really understand what it is. And I won't get into the whole historicity of apostles, but I believe that, see, again, in the late 60s and 70s, I mean, there was apostle who arrived, apostle Richard Hinton. There was Roy Brown. There was F.D. Washington. There were was all of these people that are in now. I ain't telling old people they live together, function together because we were a black community. Let me let me do this. We were African American trying to keep our community together. We were yes. trying to say, "You an apostle, Danny Right, you be- man." We have so much racial injustice going on. It, you know. We came together. And so my problem with this whole debate is we black people fussing about a title when the title has nothing to do with the mother who needs some food, has nothing to do with oh. the who got kicked out of You school. know what? Listen. <laughs> You're, so, getting uh, You're getting a look. you getting a look. And so I'm going try to find something, but it's nowhere near me right now. I'm trying to find, hold on right there.
0: Go, go go ahead, right, go man. ahead. You <laughs> have earned the right. He, get, he <laughs> I killed the. Like, go ahead, Bishop. This, I see it. See yes, that
3: sir. Book? I got about three books or thirty years of studied research, and still doing it now on this whole foolishness about us fighting about who who's superior, who's superior. The apostles in the beginning were over the churches, over the churches, but they were they have a hyper They were apostle evangelists. They were doing mission work, evangelism mm. work. And what they were doing, I'm just a little snippet. They were going out, starting churches, running back to the church. They were real evangelists. They were missionaries. Mm. They were sending them no law to the on a But then they appointed what we call uh, the Epistopos, the Presbyterian, Then they appointed Bishops who was overseer. Let me say this. I want bishop. I am not the bishop over my church. I'm a pastor that happened to be a bishop. A yes, bishop, sir. A bishop is not over a church. He has an assignment. He has a responsibility, a jurisdiction, a diocese. So I, I I I am Bishop H. Eugene Bellinger. I just happen to be a bishop that's in a church. But my church in Columbus, I'm not the bishop of that church. I'm the pastor of that church. I have apostolic all on my life. And so this fight, that happened, you don't see this fight with white people.
0: There it is. Come on, sir. There it is. Come on.
3: It's like us who fight about this. And people sit down and look at us it, crazy. One of my studies that Jeremiah Wright, H.P. Hicks helped me to understand is, is uh, the African-American Pentecostal Church response to social crisis. Now, I wrote a mm-hmm. piece, on, what was our role back then? And Church of God in Christ took a leadership role in it. But it was Martin Luther King who was a drum mate. They said, well, we never saw the Pentecostal. We learned how to sanctify your leader. Uh, Martin Luther King was the leader. Michael was the leader. They, the, the black Pentecostal church was always in the movement. Now, we can take off these titles and get, get on the street and help our kids out. We'll be doing good. But I gave you that, that little snippet. We, we all have what we call the authority of apostles. And we all have the, the academics of a bishop. Our job is to do what God asks us to do. That's the most simple way to do it. So you don't get phone calls and they cuss you out.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and Miss and, and, and Allen said it right. Sister Allen said it right though. My white pastor friends call each other by Bob and, and Joe. And now to be honest, there is a measure of black dignity that exists in making sure we are not common with each other. Yeah. And there's a different level of respect in black families and communities, than you do see in white families, Absolutely. because yes, and I, I know, you know, Miss Charlene, you know, we know the same pastors, and I do call them Joe and and Bill, and but but I never call my pastors, mm-hmm. you know, and I won't even say their names. I'm scared to say their first names. <laughs> I would never call them. But also, to be honest, in that other culture, they kids tell their parents to shut up. Well, and. You know, so there's a different respect level that we almost need for our dignity, because I think that goes back to when we were not anybody unless we were in church. And do you feel that that has helped to feed some of the pursuit of titles that Black men and women don't feel like they are anybody in the rest of the world? And I've heard many people say it feels like the easiest place to become somebody Is in the church as soon as you call yourself something, you're gonna get somebody's respect. Is that true? Or do you feel that that could be feeding some people's intentions?
3: I I, I hear it before, I heard it before, but I think subdominant cultures and dominant domain cultures play a role in all this. Okay, Mm. It it means that because I'm regulated to the black community only. I see utopia in the white community. How can I have the same thing in the black community? I'm either gonna try to rise to the top in the NCAA, rise to the top in the church or in the Black Panthers. And so we have this need to be ahead because there's an inferiority in the sociological dysfunction in the appetite of us as being leaders. And so what has happened is that because it's an ingrained gene within us to be inferior and superior at the same time we try to find a place where we can be top man top woman and so we utilize the thing that are, that, 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 that we are exposed to when we should take that energy and sit down with somebody who has some common sense who has some education to help us train people me. let me you, i applaud the two of what you all are doing because you are now a voice or reasoning, because people need to hear that, uh, what has God called us to be? Mm-hmm. What has God appointed us to be? And, and what is the need for greed? Mm-hmm. It's just the emptiness in us. And basically what's been presented to us all of our lives, we go for it not thinking that at the end of the road, there's no bridge to get to it on the other side. Mm. Wow.
1: Ah, uh, Doctor, <laughs> this is so, so powerful. He's throwing it. You're throwing it. There's a term that I hear quite often. I hear this term quite often. And, you know, I never, I've never really questioned it, but I I, I do question it to myself. I've never questioned it outright. The term is simply an apostolic anointing. mm There's an apostolic anointing on my life. Is this apostolic anointing different than the evangelistic anointing? Unpack that fully.
3: The anointing that God gives to each of us is the same anointing. That is to evangelize the world, edify the believer, and glorify God. We use those subtitles. Here we go again to what our important out of study is. Subdominant cultures. Within dominant domain cultures. We create these subdominant titles. I got apostolic anointed, I got bishop anointed, I got prophetic anointed. There is but one anointed. You just happen to you just happen to be a prophet that God anoints. You just have mm-hmm. to be a pastor that God anoints. You just have to be a Love bishop this. that God anoints. You just have to be a chicken that croak or God anointed you. <laughs> Listen, the anointed are no greater than any other. Put him on a bus. Put put him on a bus and bring him to war.
0: Bring him to war. We're we're bringing you for revival, Bishop. You are, you are, you are. We we got a question from the crowd and I'm being dead serious. We appreciate your wisdom, your knowledge, and your straightforward delivery. It is, this is religiously incorrect. Welcome to our guest. Let's just take a pause, Welcome to our guest. If you came because you knew that the right Reverend H. Eugene Bellinger would be our guest, welcome to you. All somebody better
1: share, copy,
0: share, tag, copy, a couple tag. Pe- tag, some people who need to hear this. Tag somebody, tag a jack leg bishop that needs to hear. <laughs> tag a jack leg that needs to hear this. And we will encourage you to like and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is great wisdom, and we appreciate it. We have a question uh, from the audience from Reverend Dr. Harold Brooks uh, via oh, YouTube. No. Yes, yeah,
2: <laughs> yes,
0: yes. I think you know. Dr. Brooks would like to know, Bishop. Will you please unpack the term apostolic
3: succession? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Apostolic <laughs> succession. Here's the deal. Everyone who's in the Catholic church know they have a right or they have the opportunity or they can be Pope. They know they won't be. They know they've been taught, hey, I'm a good Catholic, man, one day I could be the Pope. That's secession, but you would never get it. Apostolic hmm. secession to me is no more than we're following in the steps of Jesus, carrying out apostolic ministry, doing the work, doing the mission of him. Secession means that it's whoever is next in line, not mm. the one who makes the line. Okay? Yes, sir. Oh.
0: Yes, if, sir. If, what <laughs> we
3: have done, and let me be fair to let me be fair to my Greek brothers and, and Greek sisters, it is not a step show to get in line. Uh-huh. I have to make sure that make five side Five no am not jump them. them boys, and I, my boys that they my boy the apples of the makers. But oh yes. What happened is we make it like it's a step show to get in line. Secession is really who God has ordained for this. Now watch this. Elijah and Elijah were Elijah was there. And he said, said what, what, what did you want me to do? He said, uh, give me a double portion of your anointing. And so he allowed him to do double what he did. But well, watch this. The fellow still respected him as the father and yes. the general in his life. There are those like, you all will do bigger and greater things than me, but I don't have a fear of that because I'm being greater than my fathers. <clears throat> so secession uh, can't just be handed to you. It has to be something that's orchestrated by God. It has to be something that's directed by God. I know we give people paper when they become bishops <coughs> and give them uh, apostolic succession paper that trace their lineage all the way all the way back that's just a document that lets you know that you're in the line of succession of the episcopacy or or either being a bishop it don't give you any more authority it doesn't it does not give you any authority over nothing it's just like my mother name I'm 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 one of the successors of my mother but I'm not my hmm. mother I'm her son right and so my yes. my wife and I have two daughters they are our successors, okay? Then I got four grandchildren, they are our successors. That's how it works. The real simple turn. And I know that somebody out there gonna put out a whole lot of scriptures or history. Go ahead, we need to stop the foolishness of making this thing bigger than it really is.
0: Thank you, thank you. And and, and what about go okay. ahead.
3: This whole thing is about humility. It is about- Yes, yes, yes. It's about the anointing of our God to evangelize the world. It's about the an anointing of our God to bring mission and hope to a dying world of suffering. It's about taking off those clothes and going out on the street and protesting and doing something for our kids. It's about loving people. It's not about how many candles I like. It's not about how, if I drink out of a gold or silver chalice. It's not about whether I got a two and a half, three inch collar. It's about Loving God's people, first of all, ain't nobody gambling out for our garments. They gamble for Jesus' garments, they were blood, sweating, and stinking. Ain't nobody gambling for our
1: garments. Come on, government. come on, listen.
3: come on.
0: Listen. There it is.
3: I'm just giving you, listen, I'm giving you all the HUG version. I have not even given you the academic version. I don't want to do that tonight. I just want to talk. You, you, you give it. it. Let me drop this in. I got Go ahead. A, like a white sweater because I love it. But I referee basketball, here's what I found out about refereeing basketball. Yeah. If you ever know anything about referees, fresh freshman there are three men on the floor. There's a thing called PAC, primary area of coverage. Problem in the church is we don't know our primary area of coverage. Oh my God. There's, <laughs> area, there's a lead, there's a trail, there's a center. Uh-huh. I five, six players in front of me, but over there is the number one player. Where all the cameras are, the newsmen, Duke is there, North Carolina, or North, University of North Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, they watching that young fella. Ain't but three players over there. I want to go this side and get on the camera. But my area of coverage is where the most players are. It's called observation, not mm. ball watching. Okay. Mm. And the in church people have ball watched all their life. And so whenever something happened on that court, you know the when they blow that whistle, you can have fifty, five, hundred five thousand, everything stops. Now in the NCAA and, 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 and NBA, the whistle electronically are tied into the clock. That's why you see the referee's hand up like the hand in the back. They start that clock and stop that clock. Not that person on that table. That whistle stops that clock. So uh-huh. that, whenever a foul takes place, my job is to is to observe. Then I have to evaluate. We don't do a, job, a good job of evaluating our area of ministry, and then I got to come up with an assessment. It's academic, it's training, and I got to understand what the shirt color is, what the number is, what the what, what the altercation is. And then I got to know my mechanics, and so you go through you go through observation as leaders. You go through evaluation the situation. You come up with an assessment to stop the game, make sure nobody hurt. And the next thing is called recommendation. It go to the table and report. Now, the worst thing that happens is the whole time that a game is going on, people are fussing and cussing at you. You ain't paying no attention. But now you got to face an angry crowd. It's not till you face the crowd that you've been preaching to, that you've been singing to, when you got to really put some things in order. And you, if you're not careful, you have what I call a speedrun. And I had a spin out on the table, places crowded. I could not remember. And so I told my buddies, I can't remember. They said, just put a number, just blame somebody. Sometimes. Blame <laughs> just blame somebody. <laughs> we, we blame people we were supposed to be doing. But the thing is, whatever I say to the people on that table, they got to put it in the book, and that's why during this season we got to be careful what we say, because people write it in the book. And what
2: happens?
3: Mm. Coaches are fussing, the fans are hollering, but this is the great beauty about this thing: rotation. You go to the other side, away from the angry crowd. What God is doing in this season is shifting us. You, you Come make on. A report. You don't argue your theology. You don't argue, argue eschatology. You don't argue biblical truth. You report. Go to the other side and start all over again. And so, the (laughs) thing understand remember your primary area of coverage. Forget how big somebody church is. Right now, ain't nobody. We got big churches. We ain't got no big memberships right now.
1: Uh huh.
3: COVID, listen, Apostle COVID, Apostle COVID. I'm in charge of this thing in the atmosphere.
0: Yes, sir, Apostle Bishop COVID.
3: Leave that one alone. <laughs> That's a whole different scientific, ge- geological explanation of what's happening in the world. But go ahead.
1: Yes, sir. Listen, y'all can give (laughs) Y'all can give Bishop's cash app in the comments. Because he just killed. Listen, if
0: you are being blessed by Bishop tonight, this is not supposed to be a churchy podcast, but he just took us (laughs) all the way to the altar and slain the goats up there. Y'all hit the likes, hit the hearts. This is this is this is so rich. This is so strong. When we talk about succession, and now that we're establishing, it's not just one bloodline. It's not just one line from one particular person. So if I'm understanding you right, or maybe I'm just adding to it would probably be a better word. Within your expertise, do you see the need for bishops and apostles like yourself, like you're doing, to make sure you help prepare the next line? That you help prepare the next that will come after, that you know will come after your season and what you're doing with those doctoral students, what you're doing with those you consecrate. Do you, what is your role in ensuring that the succession continues?
3: So let me give you a short version of it. And, and the Lord said to me, uh, when I was reading about the uh, the angel in the sun, and God said the angel in the sun is who I am. He said, you are the ecclesiastical, epistopal Eulogist. The eulogy is for the living, not the dead. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11 So I know the thoughts I have your thoughts across. God said to me that in this season, my job now is to pour into you all and this generation, I will live longer. And so I dedicate myself, you know, with the Johansson pack partridge all, you know, uh Wanja uh, Preto, those are the guys, girls guys I'm pouring into now because I'm already successful in what I do, I'm already great. And so my job is to pre- prepare this generation properly uh, and right so that you guys can step in there. And I'm not stepping to the side. I'm just gonna be on the side cheering you while you're in the parade. I just believe that my season now is to, is to teach and train and bring this next side. I don't want to be guilty as a father that don't that won't at all. I want to see mm. you all make it. That's mm. my job. That's my assignment. I am clear, I ain't trying to build a big church. I got a building 48,000 square feet sitting on 11 acre land. But that's, I didn't buy it for that. I bought to do something in the community. What am I saying? My job is take this generation of leaders like you all and others and say, let's go for it. Or Jalen to one of my sons down in North Carolina. I'm I'm training them, I'm pointing to them because you all are the leaders now. We got to get ourselves together as old heads. Just move on to the side. You guys will take care of us when we fall down. You give us a, a cane or wheelchair, but uh, that's that's my assignment now. I'm clear about it. That this generation has so much to offer. The problem is we're in what we call a Sasha moment. This generation want to know how do you get from here to there and stay there. And the problem with the fathers, we only giving you, uh, we only giving you history. But we have not opened up the book of the ancestors. See, we keep calling out the fathers. Let's go to the ancestors. Mm. The ancestors are the ones who kept the records, gave it to the fathers, and the fathers only give what need to be done. I just believe that this is my season to pour into to others and develop them. And I'm living my best life now because I'm releasing so much. I mean, if you ever come to my house, you see nothing but research, nothing but powers or something that I got to get published. I got to give it out to some of you all because I can't take this to the grade. My children don't want this, it's this. But that's my job and I love what I'm doing. I do, I run up and down that basketball court four months out of the year at six to nine be seven in a couple months. But it's what I call self care for me. It's the time Mm -hmm. in the last two months of the year after dealing with the Negroes and the good people in my church for eight years, <laughs> I did not get energy the first, but it's self-care for me and my wife. Let me drop. The wow. best thing that happened for my wife and I last year during COVID, we didn't go to a lot of restaurants. Our date night included her going to my basketball game, watching me flex my muscles, showing off. All day, <laughs> we, even, we became created. And I want to drop this into the young pastor. You got to create a self-care plan to get away and just spend time. Don't go, listen, don't, if you're going on a sabbatical to study is one thing, but if you're going on a sabbatical with your wife, don't be bringing your books and phone, have something else to do, uh, you know. Bishop Clark and I laughed, and I said, Bishop Clark, y'all, y'all, y'all picking me because I referee basketball. Y'all go fishing, y'all go golfing and bowling, and all that. I get paid to have fun. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. I, I said, I get paid to have fun. I, he, felt like he said, I said, Get out of here fishing. And I said, I get fun, I get paid fun. I, I, I have fun telling these coaches how to help these kids out. They love me when I come on the court. they know I'm gonna treat them fair. But yeah, that's what I do. That's, I love this, what I do. I
2: can, He's walk got
3: it. I can walk away from my church right now, but God has not told me, and do what I'm doing now, the rest of my life, and I'm well taken care of, but it's not time for me to leave my church. I'm just saying, God, I need to do this 24-7. Months, you know? I love
1: yes, sir. Doing. Just got one more. I don't know if it's question or comment. <laughs> you know, you know, one more questions
3: or like a thesis talker inquiry. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> he's getting you, Doc. I love him. I love him already. You know, you said you coached basketball and referee, you know nowadays. Referee. Nowadays,
0: <laughs> he's referee. 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 Yeah.
1: Nowadays, everybody want to be Steph Curry. Everybody want to be LeBron there are far more average players than there are the Steph Curries and LeBrons of the world. But at the end of the season, everybody gets a trophy, whether you set the bench, you know, everybody gets a trophy. What do we tell these average players who obviously want to be Steph? You know, they're they're just striving to be, you know, this the bishop. They they want to be the, the pastor. They wanna be, and you have the anointing to be the deacon or the, the, the yeah. gift to be the deacon or the evangelist. You know, how do we how do we tell them it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be
3: if you're trying if you're trying to make yourself be yeah. what you're not? Yeah. See, I think especially in sports, I, and I do this training also is that we have made D one schools as a pride, joy, or success. And many kids are good, but somewhere between that sophomore year and junior year, the coach utilize them. When they finish, they can't get into a D one. Now watch this. D1 school own you once you get there. Mm. Now, so consequently, when these kids graduate from high school, they don't have what to take. They go to a JUCO college where they get damaged and, and, and beat up and they're no more good. And so we got to do a better job of helping our kids and say, well, if you go to a, 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 a D2, a HBCU school, it's good. But if you're trying to be a professional athlete, but if somebody giving you a scholarship, to go to school at a D3, Negro, take the scholarship. (laughs) Take it. Sister, take the scholarship. Take it. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to play basketball the rest of your life. And so the same thing happened in church. We got a lot of people want to be D1 Bishop, D1 Apostles. Nothing wrong with being D3. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: See, There's a young man who graduated school with my grandson. And nobody drafted him in this area. He went to Boston for a couple of months. One of the top black colleges, Ohio University, saw him. Now, the boy been there four years. You ain't seen him. You ignored him. He goes to Boston. They bring that boy back. And, oh, you go to the championship.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sometimes it's a matter who sees you and what time they see you. Come it's on. Good, come on. different environment. And so yes. How yeah. This bishop, apostle, we just have to wait our time and say, God, whatever you tell me to do. See, I was going to do what I'm doing now if I never was a bishop. I did not ask to be a bishop. I became bishop because of the politics in the church.
2: Mm-hmm. I did not
3: ask for it. I did not seek for it. I did not want it. But, I, but I, if I never was a bishop, I would be doing what I'm doing right now.
0: Well, you mentioned be the politics of the church that we know are reality. I've, I've uh, just become a councilman in my city, and they're they're constantly they're gonna get it after a minute. They're saying, "Are you all right with this? Can you handle all the you know, and all the things that go?" I say, "Listen, I am a Baptist preacher in a Baptist association. You can't out argue in meeting me. I mean, I'm I, this ain't got nothing on a Baptist church meeting. But, but what you said about the politics." How much does that play a part in determining? We know that God is in control and God right. calls. But what have you seen in politicking? It could be family lines, it could be connections, it could be individuals <laughs> who owe one another a favor. What have you seen where people who would have otherwise been considered illegitimate are legitimized because they have favor with somebody?
3: I'm going to call y'all religiously unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> love it.
2: <laughs> I love Religiously
3: it. unplugged. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, there are politics and schemes and games in every area of war. And there's mm. no different in when people try to politic for a church, politic for a, a, a office because of family ties uh, or because of relationship. They got. It happens. I just trust that we become wise as senior pastors and leaders not to be swayed by the politics of men and women, by the chivalry of money under the table, by somebody mm. who throw that dress tail up and get a little something, then we, we, we don't. I'm just being honest. Yes, sir. But, but we must be, listen, we must be men and women of honor, character, integrity, and don't allow that stuff to happen, but it's there. <laughs>
2: right.
3: It's there. right? One of the things we do, we, we do serious adjudication. It almost if, if you go through one of my classes, serious classes, it takes almost two to three years. If you if you want to really sit down with me, it's gonna take you two or three years to become a bishop. Oh. Only certain oh, people got through less than that because they were already doing the work. But it's it, it, it's it's it, 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 it's, it, it's 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 a test. It's it's academic, yeah. but yeah, the politics are there. The politics ain't going nowhere. We just have to yeah. be wise enough. I hear God, do what's right.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. And to those that are watching, again, hit the likes, hit the comments. If you have a question, get it in now, because we're going to be logging off soon. We're going to let Bishop take his rest. He's had a long day, but I want you to get your questions in quickly. If you have a question, uh, again, no names. We always say uh, say no names to bear no blame around here. So please, and I, and I say this, even in church, when people ask Bible study questions, Please don't tell me some scenario of what happened to you at some church to start calling out preachers and this guy did this to me and all that, because that's not honorable. Yeah. But if you have a question, give that question and we'll try to answer it. I want to ask about bishops or apostles who become and they are consecrated legitimately. Do they have to start their own reformation or gather people under them or, you know, is there that's a certain a requirement question. of what you look for, even in maybe success in their own church work they've already done? And then do they have to create? And is there a problem with too many people creating their own reformations and gathering people under them?
3: Yes. No, maybe so. Don't know. But here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the process is one becomes a bishop because that is a need. Number one, that's a need. A need. Oh, uh, that person goes through the catechism, the adjudication. He is not he or she is not the bishop over their church. They are bishop in the church. They must have an assignment from a governing bishop or superior bishop. They give them a some administrative assignment, some jurisdiction or diocese. They are those who perhaps say bishop, uh, uh, a pastor have a network of pastors, leaders, network of pastors. And they said, we want you to be our leader. We want you to be our bishop or be our apostle. Then they come to someone like me or Bishop Clark or Bishop Ellis, if you would allow somebody like that. I say, listen, uh, these people have asked me to serve as their senior leader, bishop or apostle, whichever one. And then we just go through the process of getting all the documentation together. Once we look at the documentation, wait a minute, they're ready, they got at least five to 10 churches. You can't come to me and ask me, say, you want to be a bishop, you ain't got two or three churches, and you ain't got a couple. What, what about zero churches? would they
0: have no church? Well, or just them and their family.
3: I don't consecrate people who don't have churches. I mean, it, unless they're coming from a reformation or denomination who trucks my expertise, because they, they're going to get an assignment in that reformation organization. Mm-hmm. But somebody walks in and say, bishop, I want you to make me a bishop. I can't make you bishop. Bishops are called.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And so I can't make you a bishop. What what work do you have? What assignment do you have? Well, I want to come under you. I don't need a bishop under me. I don't have an assignment. I don't have any churches to give you. And so what happened is uh, I have a strict code. I don't, I, I, I don't do those. I don't make bishops. I don't consecrate bishops. I don't call up apostles. I just don't do it because there has to be a need for it. And that person had to have the right character and take it. Uh, and more, we look for people who got some academics now who got some mm. and some training and my problem is that people say why do i need training the same reason negro you want to fill out an application and get that job
2: yes
0: yes sir so I, I appreciate that honesty.
3: honesty i just believe in training and educating and development and you see depending if they want to go three years then i know they want to do it they want me to rush the job no it ain't worth me rushing Not. Not I
0: say, in my, I say. Hand, in my name and my title. Yes. 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 So, well, yeah, I yes. mean, you've given it to us. I mean, Bishop, you have given us wisdom and you have reminded us and probably those who have had some reservations and and who have maybe not seen it this way because you have explained what we see, but we don't really know. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people see it and maybe churches need to do a better job of explaining what the roles though, if they have a pastor who has become a bishop or they have placed themselves under a bishop as a church, I think, and I found this as just in the local church, we assume people know. And even the people that have been with us for years don't know. You know full well somebody off the street don't know. And then there all these images out there in the media, in the news and the jokes on Facebook and all, you know, the goofy videos and stuff we joke about even. And that becomes their only point of reference. And you can't blame a, a people that are ignorant to what something truly is if you've never taken the time to teach and explain. I, I, I'm as simple now as. If you've never been to our church, we're, this is prayer time right now. We're having prayer time every week. We have a time of prayer, and this is what it means. Because we've been getting up doing the same thing for 60 years. Right, right After we right, sing two right, songs, right, we do right. a prayer time. The average person still don't know. And, and I think that that has been a, a, a mark against us. And people like Bishop Bellinger, like Dr. Bellinger, giving this knowledge, first to the church, because the church needs to know. And I think this has been just rich. I mean, it's been entertaining. It's been it's been lighthearted and fun. It has, and you brought it in a way that we all can hear it with 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 the understanding. We don't feel like we're in class. We feel like, but we are being taught. Well, I'm sorry. This week,
1: he said you said you gave us your version. You said you ain't give us the academic version. I think we need a part two. We, we need we need an academic I version. We, we need, need an an academic version. I think we need to part two. I want that's, a chalkboard. Right. I want a chalkboard
0: <laughs> and everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you you got a, you got a mixture of both of uh, one thing I try not to give a a, a lineage of such because you get lost in in, in some of the in some of the trail of it because the reality of where we are now we got to fix this thing even mm-hmm. if I take all the guys without order they're not gonna listen to me. but we got to fix this we got to fix this uh God bless yeah. Bishop J. Delano Ellis. And, uh, and I say this, I say it all across the country. His passing has opened up people to open up more. And people have a right to open up junk college and education. thing. But we, it has created so many false delusions of young bishops. Everybody everybody want to teach agendas. Everybody want to have uh, adjudication. Everybody want to do this. And, and the trouble that I have is that they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have done it if it was alive. lie. They would have had some respect. But the problem, they've been waiting to do it anyway. So, well, so there it and, is. So, and so uh, my thing is, I'm not critical of them, but if they ask me to help them out, I would probably tell some of them to close it down and start right, and get somebody substantial. Uh and what I have to tell people: see, my name carries a lot of weight, not just in the church world, in the academic world, in the sports world, mental health. Because like I said, that's my that's my focus there, and I can't afford to let what I to. All these years, a good level to be ruined by just laying hands on somebody. Um, There it is. You know, and and, and then because now that I know you guys and hit me good on this, I have a responsibility not to make you shame because they know that I was on your program. Then my job is to protect you two now.
0: Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. And we appreciate it. Now, somebody did ask about adjutants and armor bearers earlier, and we'll do it quick because we're at the end. How many adjutants and armor bearers do you need? Because I'm thinking I need nine or ten armor bearers. Uh, <laughs> so how many adjutants and armor bearers does one bishop need? And and what and, and what is their real role? I mean, is it really to follow us around to the bathroom and carry my briefcase and do all of that stuff? Or, or what is the real role of adjutants and armor bearers? What's the difference?
3: Where we need to do a biblical turn on armor barrels. And most time, and boy, where's the other book? The other book is that thick too on armor barrels. Uh huh. That was an armor barrel that carried the armor of the leader, That's a cup barrel that he only trusted to bring his wine and food. And they have all these people who are barrels or specific, specific things. Uh, we have made adjudants. Uh, adjutant is a military word who served the military. The adjutant general is a military term which suggests he is a secretary to the general of the armed forces. And so we made this thing that as Bishop, we got to have adjutants. I call most of them agitators. I don't need about them <laughs> following me around. Agitators. Uh, because because uh, we make people, nobody, nobody want to bother us, nobody want us. So we got right. all these people surrounding us, and the agents—they have nasty attitude, and they want to stop people walking up on us. And nobody want. And so you got these little snotty in those little boys and girls, and <laughs> who, who got to get permission to talk to them? When, 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 when See, Judas was a good example of a fool. Huh. Yeah. Uh, was he the one to cut the? No, Peter was. Now Peter, Peter is. A, Peter. One. Peter. is a crazy one cousin is ill because he was an adjutant giving to put the board put him up on, on on trial no it wasn't me and the woman who was a cousin to the man we yes you were see you got to be careful of having people around you they think they're supposed to defend you and they're called shame and then you did you to, did you got to then you gotta clean up the blood and mess there Dude, it is the man he he's got to slap it back on the head he's got to put it back <laughs> on yeah so uh we have in church. We have deacons. Deacons are them old deacon, Them old deacons. They good people in church, man. They. they <laughs> about the I think these need to go are some of them old deacons from down south. The old bad there it is. Have, it's just out in the woods somewhere. They'll show what it is to be an bearer. Mm-hmm. But we yes, they no, will. I don't need no four or five armor bearers for what? I don't need about taking my briefcase. I don't need about changing my underwear. Folding my clothes. <sighs> It's ridiculous. I think they have their place to have people yes, that you know, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll travel with you that will protect you. But I'm not coming in with a squadron like we give it a bomb or a hobble or nothing. Not yes, <laughs> <laughs> the, the doors of the church are
0: closed.
2: It's a the, doors,
0: the doors of the church. He didn't take it to World War II on y'all. <laughs> Listen, everybody, this has been an amazing, and amazing episode of Religiously Incorrect. Would y'all do us a favor and clap it up for Dr. H. Eugene Bellinger, Bishop Bellinger. Hit the likes, hit the hearts. I mean, it's been amazing. And, and not just for the last, I mean, for the knowledge, for the wisdom. And, and, and all that he has poured out and given perspective from his perch. He's at a real absolutely, perch. Absolutely. We've been talking from the gutter. Right, we, right, we get right, on here. Me right, right. he and Pastor Jeff, we don't know nothing. we just talking from <laughs> talk. the shack. we in the ditch somewhere. But he is talking from the perch <laughs> of service. He has been a part of the ordination of many bishops and apostles and those who serve in the Lord's church. And he is still yet training. And Sister uh, Pastor Tatum Osborne, our New York friend, said in oh, your no, no, no. sock game, your <laughs> sock game is on point. You are the bishop of the <laughs> sock game. And I've seen it in person at First Church at Berea, and I've seen it. I've never seen Bishop Bellinger without the sock I, I Whenever he comes, I hope he sits on the end so I can see his socks. See the socks. So I can see how he is <laughs> ministering to us. But no, we thank you. Bishop, oh, we appreciate you, and you are going to be a return guest. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and we're going to mess around and, and pay your way to Warren and have you come sit down, and we do a leadership symposium with Bishop Bellinger. I just see am all the way. I'm,
1: I'm here. I'll, I'll help pay for that. We're
0: going, we're going to make I'll this help pay happen for that. because we we want more of this wisdom and knowledge, and we are two young preachers who want to hear it. We want to learn it. We want to glean from all of you. I have no problem calling Dad Clark with a question before I do something foolish. I have no problem reaching out to you, and I thank you so much for sharing with us. Any parting words, Bishop Bellinger, before we well, log on? I'm going to ask Mike if he wants to say something. Go ahead.
3: No, I'm Pastor Taylor. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's my beast. Listen, I love it. I love what you all are doing, and I'm praying Uh I pray I pray that God open doors bigger for you all because this kind of forum is good. it allows those of us who are serious about this to be relaxed, not be challenged and torn down. we don't a lot of us don't do these because people set us up, and I just don't do them because I don't need it, but I pray that God whatever I can do, yes sir. open up doors and make your own platform larger. let me know, but thank you for the opportunity you let me know. And uh, we'll, we'll make it work. We will make it work. Sundays are good for me because I don't
0: do. I don't all do right. Amen. Amen. All right.
3: Amen.
2: Big, Big Mike, Mike, what
0: you got, Big Mike?
2: Doctor Banger, thank you so much for coming uh, coming on with us tonight. I was truly blessed. Thank you. Uh, for, for all of our new viewers, we do this every Sunday night, eight p.m. This is our Sunday night service. Uh, now, next week is Super Bowl weekend. What time are we coming on next week, fellas? we to do four o'clock.
0: Faux for four, Faux for four. It's going to be Faux for foe Sunday. Faux for four Sunday, because we know y'all want to see the, the, the national anthem. they that going to do the black national anthem, the Latino national anthem. Uh, y'all want to see the halftime. Y'all want to we, see, we wanna see Ice Cube, Mary
1: J. Blige. <laughs> Stomping around in
0: them boots. <laughs> you come to my house, because I think, you know, we're having a little birthday for Ethan. All my, my wife and all her friends gonna wear they boots, boots and be stomping around with Mary Listen, J. Blige.
1: His wife loves, loves Mary J. J.
0: Blige. Listen, she Mary like Mr. Challenger. She like Mary J. Blige more than she like Mary Mary. <laughs> she enjoys she, she, she enjoyed, but but we want to give you your Super Bowl Sunday. We want to let you enjoy, because I know I am. I'm going to be on them wings and tacos and everything else. So we'll be on at 4 for 4. It'll be Sunday afternoon service. Y'all remember them greasy ties, Sunday afternoon services? Mm -hmm. It'll be Sunday afternoon service at 4 o'clock, (laughs) 4 p.m. We'll be on with a quick live. We might even do it from the man cave. Let's do it. We we might even just do a quick live from down there and uh, and share with you all. Let's hit our last uh, sponsor, Phillips Care Training. The proud owners of High Street Fitness in Cortland, Ohio, another part of the Phillips Care family of businesses, Mike Phillips, who we all know in the Northeast Ohio region, one of the football stars who ended up playing at fit, great friend of our families and a great friend to Warren. He is the owner of Phillips Care Training. He will get you right. It's too late to get your winter body together. You might as well get your summer body together and he will work you to death. If he don't kill you, he's going to be <laughs> fit. Out Phillips Care Training on Facebook. Jeff has tried him out, he didn't go back <laughs> it's too much. I ain't need him no more. But so we thank you, Phillip's Care family <laughs> of businesses, for being our sponsors, and we thank you all for watching. Bishop, thank you for being with us. Thank everyone that watched us. That's it. Until next hand. time, come on. God bless you. Give it up for Bishop. Y'all take care tonight.